We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. All right, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to the Wamba Combo Podcast. I'm Bricky CPK, joined as always by BSJ on the Sunday edition here that we're recording the show, of course. Uh, Thanks to BSJ being busy and all with uh, with some upcoming Dota 2 events. In this case, the WePlay Minor, of course, you're going to be flying over to Ukraine. Congratulations. I'm sure you're looking forward to that. You're doing that later tonight. Thanks for joining us, man. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I'm currently in my sleep-deprived mode that I purposely put myself in prior to very long flights. So I'm like, <laughs> I'm functional, yeah. but I'm, I'm, I'm just a tad slow, you know? I'm chilling. Okay. I'm, I'm relaxing. Uh I it's funny because even in just my pre-stream where I was saying hi to all the viewers and stuff, I just I'm just a bit slow to construct my thoughts. You know, I'm thinking I'm like, okay, (laughs) translate thoughts to words. And then sometimes it just doesn't work. And, you know, usually when I'm tired, it's a little bit slower, but it's all good. It's like I'm in a good mood, you know, because I purposely did this, but it's like. I, you know, yeah, no, I'll I, let you take the reins today. I, I hear what you're saying. I, I'm fine yeah. with that. And yeah, that is interesting because I, whenever I have a long travel ahead of me, I, 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 <sighs> I tried that before, and I don't know something about. It. I'm usually able to sleep pretty well on planes, no matter what. So I, it, because I've, I've I've traveled so much by now, and I'm a little more comfortable being able to do it. But and I, you know, everyone has their own way of going about it. So setting yourself up to then just uh, pass out on the plane is certainly a good way to do it. There, I actually just like like I can sleep normally, but I sleep like a dang baby. Like I had a 15 hour flight. I sleep like a baby. I had the 15 hour flight and I got onto the flight and within 30 minutes I'm gone and I just wake up and I'm halfway there. And I'm like, yeah, this is nice. You know, I'm halfway there. I didn't even feel like that entire first seven and a half hours even existed. So 
Um, at that point, like a seven and a half hour flight, you know, you're looking at maybe I always bring a book so mm-hmm. I can read that for a couple hours. You're looking at one or two movies and then you're just there. And it's uh, it's actually yeah, I agree. I, I haven't traveled nearly as much as most other casters, but I have already gotten the hang of realizing that you get used to it pretty quick. Mm-hmm. You know, it's only after maybe three or four long travel journeys, yeah. you kind of just learn to cope with it in your own way. So uh, a lot of people, I think they think the flights get really rough. And I thought my first couple flights, like, God, you know, those were dreadful. But nowadays, it's just you know, I, I, I don't I don't get anxious. I'm not worried or that's good. Whatever. It's just got to get it done. You know, and yeah, one day tomorrow I'll be somewhere else. That's all I know. <laughs> that, that's awesome. Yeah. And that's somewhere else again. Going to be in Bukovel. I believe that's all from Bukovel, Bukovel, yeah, Ukraine. Oh, man, I don't try. <laughs> just it, I, it makes me look worse by trying. So I just don't. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay, so of course that's the minor that you're going to be going to uh, for the We Play minor that starts on Tuesday. So yeah, you're going to be flying in, and then uh, shortly after, things getting going. So that's. Uh, I mean, you're looking forward to this event, I assume. Are you looking forward it's to working like with We Play? Ski resort. Yeah. And which and also like we're not um, required to bring suits. You know, like normal casting suits. That, that you doesn't know, surprise me. And we play as for our sizes, so I'm assuming we're getting all dressed up by we play themselves. So I'm looking forward to wearing. I, I remember watching their tournament. It was either last year or the year before, where everyone was in like a Valentine's Day onesie that I was at. So, yes, yes, yes. So I believe we talked about that last week. So yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to whatever garments they choose to uh, to dress me in. Yeah, it's. I was gonna say uh, that doesn't surprise me. WePlay is one of those organizers that they they have their own ideas, and as you said, in this case, it's at a ski resort, and it's. I'm guessing it's gonna be a very you know ice or snow theme, even you know very winter like theme. So I, I genuinely am really looking forward to uh, to seeing what they put on production wise and seeing what costumes they put you in, especially. Yeah, to... I'm gonna look amazing <laughs> their way, and I, I mean it's gonna be freezing ass cold there. It's like 25 degrees to 10 degrees fahrenheit like negatives and celsius yeah i mean i got a leather jacket for christmas which is nice so i can you know those things are warm i didn't realize how warm leather jackets are uh, i got my ski jacket i'm gonna have to buy some ski pants if i can go ski if i get to go skiing yes do you, you know, ski I, I mean is that something that you I, have history yeah I, I, it's been a really long time maybe like five years since i skied okay. but when i was a kid there was there's like ski resorts like two-hour drive from phoenix up in the mountains so um i did a decent amount of skiing growing up so uh i am competent at skiing but would i call myself a skier no (laughs) that's fair that's i've done snowboarding in my past personally but yeah no i'm kind of the same way it's definitely not a snowboarder i'll go and have some fun and do my best with it but by no means uh, do I consider myself. Yeah, I'm I... chilling on the blues, you know, just exactly doing my own yeah. thing. You know, I'm not. I'm not the there bunny to... hills, you know, with the with yeah. the five year olds. <laughs> make sure you're okay, not falling like up. the nine year olds. Come on, a <laughs> L- little older. Okay, just... that's fair. Yeah, honestly, I'm a little surprised they're not having you come out earlier. Because again, th- this is an organization that loves to do like a lot of content and stuff. So that'd have been. Uh, but you're gonna get there and the next day you're, you're starting casting i'm, I'm getting yeah, I, I, so. I have no exact i have no idea exactly what's going on but i'm just that's I, i've learned that when i plan ahead for these events i just get more because usually they kind of mix things up it never goes exactly according to what 
the schedule says or whatever. So, yeah, um, yeah. I just I'm like, hey, I'm not going to think about it. I'm going to know what I need to bring. I, I'm going to know what I need to do for my job. And you probably know more about the schedule than I do, because <laughs> I've you know, whenever I look at it, it just it confuses me. And like I expect things I learned to expect things to be on time and be normal. And then when you get expectations, that's disappointment, et cetera, et cetera. So okay. I've learned that the best approach is make sure I'm ready to do my job, do my homework for the event. But then aside from that, we're chilling. So You know what? So, yeah, chilling. That's a good word for that, isn't it? Um, I, I apologize, actually. So it just starts on Thursday. So I guess, I, you know, not to scare you, from from what I'm looking oh. at now, it does start on Thursday, that not Tuesday. Yeah, that, yeah, that sounds way better. <laughs> not so, so you do have a little bit of time to. Okay. To get your composure going. Yeah, I didn't mean to scare you right there, BSJ. <laughs> okay, we're yeah. good. I was like, that sounded early, but I, I I don't have the facts to refute you there. So All right. Well, I'm looking at Liquipedia, and that, that's what we're going to help reference us in Fact Corsa. This podcast, not only are we doing it on Sunday, can BSJ going to be leaving later today to, to fly out to Ukraine to cast the, the minor that, as, as we just found out, starts on Thursday officially. Uh, but we figured, of course, we would preview it, preview said event, and uh, take a look at a couple of topics from it as well. So with that in mind, so we got eight teams, of course, attending this minor. Um, you're looking at, at a CIS. You have Gambit and Spirit out of North America. You have NIP and Fighting Pandas. Uh, Europe, you have Nigma, China, Royal Never Give Up, Geek Fam from Southeast Asia, and Furia out of South America. So those are the eight teams that are going. Again, you look at those eight teams initially. Now, a couple of talking points from that. First being, we're looking at Nigma. Nigma's no doubtedly, I don't think in anyone's mind, definitely not a mine. Maybe, maybe, maybe yours, who knows? But uh, they are the favorites this event. It's, uh, this is the ex-Liquid Squad, of course. It's kind of silly to almost not think that they are the favorites. How heavily favorites, though, I guess, is the, the ultimate question uh, to kind of to go with right here. And frankly, th this seems like, yes, you have a couple of other teams that could compete, but I think Nigma should absolutely run away with this event. Yeah, I, I'm kind of crossing my fingers that they don't, you know, make it make it interesting. Um, I think the difference between like this tournament and the one esports tournament now is that for the most part, I think people have kind of figured out this patch, uh, at least to the extent of what heroes are really strong, at least the most popular five to ten heroes. Um, and that's kind of the start of what develops the meta. So, you know the heroes that start to get good are the ones that are good against what's good. Mm -hmm. So heroes that counter what are being highly prioritized, the tinies, the dooms, um, you know, the pucks, the slarks, what are good things that are good against that may see more play. And, but teams like liquid, I think they're just going to pretty much put on a clinic for this event. And uh, I, that's, I'm on the same page as you with my prediction, but I'm also rooting against that happening. <laughs> Because, you know, it'd be much more interesting if, you know, let's go fighting pandas. You know, let's go win, win the tournament, you know. So hey, that'd, I, be, that'd be a lot better storyline. You know, 50-50 E on Reddit, you know, Eternal Envy diebacks in game three or Eternal Envy wins minor going to major, you yeah. know. That would be the – that's what I'm looking to see. That would be pretty intense. Um I will say in the sense that this is still a fairly newer patch for a lot of these players. Again, as major as it was, uh, we did have the, the one esports 
Invitational, but I was checking back and none of these teams were at that event, right? They're just about Gambit was. So Gambit was the only yeah. team. And they that, had a poor performance. And no, they actually did pretty well. They they got to third place. Uh, in the, uh, in the oh event. my god, I'm like yeah. thinking of, I'm thinking of the wrong team. I was like, holy crap! I'm like, wait a minute, no, 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 you're right, you're right, you're right. Gambit. So Gambit they, actually got third place, losing the Vici game, and of course won it all in the end. So they actually came and came for the winter final. So, so I guess from from that perspective, you do have to think that Gambit almost has, uh, you know, should have a solid shot, perhaps because they've already proven that they're decent on this patch. Yeah, for whatever reason, I just like thought of Gambit during the previous major, and I was like, yeah, they they sure. didn't look impressive. Um, that but yeah, not. so. Um, yeah, the, the weird thing about that tournament was um, VG VG Gaming was most notable because throughout the course of the tournament, it seemed like they really adjusted. I think pretty much nobody else at that tournament really proved to me that they adjusted to to the to the meta, like what people were doing. All they did was they came in with a plan, and whoever's plan was better got farther. So I thought Gambit's a good team, but um, I'd like to see now. If I just thought Vici's drafts were expertly constructed in a way that was like, okay, if we pick Puck, it looks completely broken. But if the opponent first picks Puck, it looks useless. And I thought that that was like really just impressive to me as drafters. And I, I didn't feel like any of the other teams did that. I felt like at the end of the tournament, teams like Gambit and EG were pretty much stuck doing this whole draft or whatever we think is our best lineup for us and we're just going to stop caring about what the enemy team is doing because we don't actually know what to do to fix this like that's that's what i felt like they were doing a lot of mm -hmm. uh so with gambit even though they had a good performance i'm not 100 percent sold that they can do more with the patch than they did in that in, in that tournament so uh i i there's so many questions about every team but enigma and that's what makes me think enigma <laughs> or nick team enigma is going to run away with this tournament i'd look at every yeah. team and like hesitations you know you, you you got roster swaps you got nip who's looked a little shaky you got gambit that, that i already talked about i don't think team spirits looked all that impressive you know south america other than beast coast hasn't really proven themselves yet um, you got fighting pandas coming off their WESG victory over you guys recently. Hey, I mean, that's a pretty. <laughs> I mean, that in and of itself is worth mentioning. You know, that's a pretty impressive feat. Not only did they beat us, but they also two owed us. So yeah, that uh. Not to man, bring up bad memories. I'm I sorry. Do that, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now, now you're just going to be zoned in on that the rest of the podcast. <laughs> I'm going to be self-conscious about why didn't we do this? That, why did why did we have to lose that man? Damn it! No, but fighting pandas is certainly it's it, it, hey this it's fifty fifty for a reason. They're definitely one of these teams. And again, this is only an eight team tournament. It's not the sixteen like the major. So you look at the all around competition, and you know if we weren't if we we're saying not Nigma and somebody else, I I would maybe I, I don't know. I can't say I would lean towards fighting pandas. I do think Gambit coming off that recent experience, even at the high level, certainly uh, vouches for them to have also a good opportunity to finish well, if not surprisingly win it all. But, um, you know, fighting pandas for me would be in that, that right under them in that next tier, of course, of having a breakthrough in this tournament. So, I mean, there's definitely this, this tournament is a potential breakthrough for every team. I'd say any team that isn't team Nigma that wins it is maybe other than Gambit, I guess Gambit's, Kind of not, but all the other teams would be a huge Big deal. accomplishment for them. Yeah. So 
even in IP, like if they were to win, that'd be a huge deal for them. Most notably Gunner being a carry player now from that lineup. Um, I'm very confident that he's a very good player, but just like watching him play carry a bit, mechanically skilled, you know, plays team fights really well, but there's a lot of carry matchups and like lane matchups that you just don't know unless you've played them 10 times. Um, and the only worry I have about a player like him is that, you know, he's played mid lane his entire career. So naturally he's never played these matchups ever. So I was watching him a bit and, um, I've just learned my own through my own failures that going into pro matches, if you don't exactly understand a matchup or exactly understand what you're supposed to do to push your advantage, and the other guy does it just you look really bad so that i'm 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 really concerned about that for nip moving forward yeah do you know much uh, about tanner by the way the player tanner I absolutely i was gonna no. say okay uh, kind of like i've heard good things about him that's but that's about it you know i've heard yeah. that he's an impressive player but from my perspective i'm like i don't know like where they found this guy in the sense that like why him you know what yeah. what has he done to prove himself to pbd so did something yeah, <laughs> the best part about tanner somebody already mentioned in chat is the, is the is the memes in twitch chat you know the tanner from high school that's the best part about <laughs> i'm looking forward to watching some nip games and seeing some tanner from high school spammed in chat so. yeah that's going to be fun. Um, okay, so Roan ever give up is definitely another team you have to at least give some consideration for. Of course, representing China, uh, a solid squad that they have right there, and uh, they they were in the they weren't in the major, I guess, last time around, but I believe they were at least in the, the last minor. Uh, as yeah, they well. were. Were they in the major? Wait, did they? I actually need to check this. I don't even want to say yeah, they were, uh, because. MDL major. I'm checking right here. Yeah, they were not in the major. And were they in the minor? They were at... We're not at the minor. You're right. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think they made either. That was just IG. That's right. Obviously, IG. Yeah, I was like, they weren't at the major for sure. And then it was just IG at the minor. So they came up short. Yeah, they they lost in the Very competitive region. It's not all that, like, alarming for a Chinese team to not make it because fifth best Chinese team is... By no means, uh, could have a shot of winning this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That, we saw that with IG, right? Like yeah. fourth best Chinese team just came in and swept the field. So, um, the fact that RNG made it out of the qualifiers this around this time around, uh, I, I I don't know what to expect from from these teams. Like I, I look at so many of these teams and I'm just like, okay, you know are they going to over prepare for team Nigma? is some random squad like i i'd say rng is probably in my top four and are they just going to randomly lose to like fighting pandas because they're not worried about them you know what are sure. what because there's definitely tier classes in this of in this event and i'm like last minor on paper it seemed even but then you just we kind of talked about ig being the standalone here and I think it's interesting that North America only got two slots to the major this time, but I don't think their teams are good at all. Like I thought chaos <laughs> was like really going to make it. I thought chaos had a potential to win the last minor, yeah. obviously getting second. Now they're in the major. Um, but I, I, I don't think anyone other than RNG or Gambit can maybe take this off of Nigma. 
So I'm definitely going to keep an eye out for RNG and Gambit, most notably. Well, we, we also really should, and this is this is kind of rare, where, frankly, we have group stage information at this point. Usually it takes, it's like a day before that comes out, but we, we have it. And so we can talk about that here real quickly as far as yeah, the, the two groups. Group A, you're looking at Geek Fam, NIP, RNG, and Spirit. And then Group B, you have Fighting Pandas, Furia, Gambit and Nigma. So, I mean, I look at those groups right there, and personally, especially after what we're just sitting here talking about, I, I definitely lean towards gr Group B as being, as you always like to say, the group of death, whatever, the harder group. Um, not only because Nigma's there, but Gambit Esports also happens to be in that same group. Uh, that's even less reason to have the expectation that a team like Fighting Panda could move on uh, as only top two in the group then move on to the playoff stage in the four-team playoff where then they, you find out the eventual champion. So uh, those are how the groups are set up. And again, me personally, Is I look at that group B. double elimination playoffs? It is double elimination playoffs, yes. Okay, okay, okay. I was confirming. Okay, I was yes. confirming about that. Okay, I was like, I don't think they get eliminated in the group stage. Uh, I was confused. I must have misunderstood you there. No, they do. Uh, they they do get eliminated in the group stage though. So, oh, it, really? it, yeah, that's how it's working. It's, it's a it's a GSL format that that's own double oh. elimination group stage, and then the bottom two teams are eliminated. So, oh, I see. Because it looks like like the teams. Okay, I now see what I'm seeing. Because I'm looking at the playoff bracket. And I'm like, it looks like they just do the normal thing where four teams go to the bottom. No, so you are eliminated. I, I mean, I can't imagine Enigma Gambit not being the two teams out of Group B with Fighting Pandas and Furia just getting, I would say, stomped by those two squads. I, I think that that's a like that gap in skill or whatever you want to call it. Sure caliber of these teams is just drastic and the other group though you know you talked about geek fam nip rng and team spirit these are pretty much the four mid-tier teams i think they did a pretty good job with this uh one two and one group in my opinion and or maybe one three gambit being second or third and then all the other teams that are like four through six or like three through six yeah in terms of power ranking in this event are all in the same group so i think that is actually pretty fair. So all these teams, Geek Fam, we talked to, we you know, I think we're going to talk about Ryoya coming up here, um, getting kicked right before the, right before the minor. You have the NIP roster swap as well. You have, um, what, like I, I think Royal Never Give Up is just a question mark for me because they haven't exactly done anything yet other than just qualified to a minor. And then Team Spirit's definitely like shaky. So yeah, uh, I think that this could be anybody. Anybody could come out of this group. I, I don't. I would not feel comfortable betting on two teams to come out of this group stage on Group A. Yeah, no, Group B is certainly the more obvious one. When you when you do look at it, it's it, that's where you almost feel bad <laughs> to an extent for a team like Fighting Pandas, especially where it's like, if they replace any of the four teams in the other group, we kind of swap them. Then all of a sudden, Fighting Pandas maybe has a pretty good shot of potentially moving into the playoffs at least, and who knows what can happen. But point is, that's not the case. You got to be matched up against somebody in the groups in the end, and just happen to potentially get the tougher group as far as the obvious top two moving out. So. Um, but you touched on it there, so we might as well transition. And you know, something else I actually overlooked, too, on this topic of teams replacing players after they qualify for an event, in this case specifically a DPC event, and this being the minor, and replacing a player after they qualify but before the actual event itself. And we, you even mentioned it with Tanner replacing 
Uh, Skitter for NIP. Then now have Gunner moved to position one. Tanner now playing position two for the team after they had qualified. And then for Geek Fam, Ryoya actually getting replaced by Carl. Carl, a uh, Filipino player himself. Of course, the organization, you know, is really from the Philippines, from Southeast Asia in general, but you have Raven and Kuko on that squad, also from the Philippines. Point is, uh, Ryoya going over there from the Americas to play for a team like this. And then, as he pointed out in an interview, this this was caught off guard, or he was caught off guard by this. And all of a sudden, after Christmas break happens, he's informed that no longer part of the team and not going to be attending the minor as a result. Now, in his case, and I assume it's the same case for Skitter, uh, they are working on a deal in terms of the prize pool money, so they'll still get a portion of that, which is nice and, and frankly should be the case, obviously. But it does bring up the point of the discussion, really, of should teams even be allowed to do this? The, the idea that they can remove a player after they qualify for an event and go in with a different roster just because they feel like it. I personally don't think so. I think that rosters should be locked other than due to like, you know, medical reasons or something, you know, like real, like the, the problem is, you know, you give the argument that if the team mutually agrees, meaning yeah. the player, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like the player amicably departs from the team. Um, that the problem with that is that if, if that kind of rule was put into place, then teams would just guilt trip the guy and say like, Hey, if you come play with us, we're just going to lose anyway. Or like, we're not going to like, you know, sure. you're going to look terrible anyway, all this kind of stuff. They will do that. I know I know teams are very good at ganking, ganging, ganging up on one player um, when things are tough. Um, and so I don't think there's a way to like protect them in ways that say, Hey, as long as it's on their own terms, they're allowed to get kicked. So, at that point, you have to basically say with to a team, you're not allowed to change no matter what. We don't care. Um, and you'd have to draw like a very distinct line saying no roster changes no matter what. And if you lose a if you lose a player other than a magical medical emergency, then you have to back out of the tournament. You know, like that would be what would they would have to do, in my opinion, to actually accomplish. Mm-hmm keeping players from getting kicked before the event. I think it would have to be very drastic, something very over the top. And if they don't do that, it's just not going to work. So at that point, it, it comes to the argument that is it even worth fear crafting if I know Valve's not going to do that? <laughs> <laughs> you can never act like, you can never think like that, BSJ. Yeah, I know. I or know, else I they'll know. never just, potentially uh, do it, but you're probably right, yeah. Yeah, it's it, it, some some things can be solved by like a simple mandate of a rule or something. I feel like this would take an entire shift in in the rule book entirely, like just entirely. It would change a lot of rules and it would change a lot of the dynamics of how teams approach everything because they would have to change that. And uh, yeah, I just I, I think it should not happen. I think it's messed up that you can put all the time and effort into qualifying for an event have the excitement of making it to the event and then just not even being in the event. I think that's yeah. messed up. Um, and the fact that it's still happening is, is sad. That's how I look at it. Yeah. It's there. It, this is definitely something that, that would 
certainly require almost a deeper discussion. So not to get too deep in it, but of course there, there's even the argument of this is why, you know, we need something like a players association and, and more better contracts to be signed for the players in the first place to not even allow this to happen. But as you brought up and that, that's definitely a direction I was thinking as well, and which, you know, will, will they in the end? Maybe, maybe not, but you valve needing to step in and making it more strict when it comes to the roster rules for their DPC specific events saying if you qualify with a certain roster you go to that event with that specific roster and that in itself is almost Valve stepping in and protecting the players there's been examples I I remember one way back in the day for TI it was maybe TI3 it was the old school fanatic squad where I believe it was Era, uh, the player Era, for some reason, um, you know, he was removed from the team or something like that. Or I, I can't really remember the specifics on that one. So a more recent one would be TI, uh, that would have been TI-8 with Empire. Of course, most famously Resolution coming in yeah. and playing for Empire as a result of Chappie not being able to attend the event. But... Frankly, I, I don't think it ever really came out 100% why that was the case. It was maybe some of these issues, but I, I heard behind the scenes it was more of a Empire kind of just felt like they would be better off with Resolution, <laughs> and so they kind of made that work for their benefit in the end. So that teams will do this, and it's understandable they'll do it because they have the power. They have the ability to do this and whether or not so so implementing a rule from valve to sit here and be like you have to go with the same five players unless it's like a medical issue or whatever the unfortunate thing is i don't even know if that is necessarily enough because you will potentially have teams loopholing around that saying oh well it was a medical issue or it was a visa issue or whatever even though it may not have been in the end they just use that as that simple excuse so i i think it, it's almost unfortunate to say but even if valve steps in and gives that ruling it needs to be more to it in terms of the players side of things with said player association or whatever comes from that with their contracts specifically with the teams needing to just be that much stronger and that much more in their favor or else it's just going to keep happening at this point i mean i would even be fine if valve says like teams are required to pay the five players that qualified equally meaning that <laughs> Like maybe they could just make it about money because I think the the core root of the problem is, is that if you have a group of Dota players that don't want to play with one guy, that team has absolutely no chance of being successful. I've been on teams like that where people harbor ill wills towards one player because they don't enjoy playing with them, don't get along with them. And at that point, if you've reached that point, there's no salvaging the situation. Like the, yeah. you just have to kick one of the two participating parties and uh my point being is that everything you said i agree with that it's just not going to work because I, I really do think it's because of that reason that teams will always realize that they'll find a way like they will find a way and unless and even it might not even be good if valve required teams to stay together because that wouldn't give us the best dota in the sense that yeah. maybe you know before qualifiers they just had to find somebody to play and it wasn't their optimal player and are you really going to punish them for having such short time between two events you know like that's also another debate because it's kind of goes from one major right into the next cycle um but the big thing for me would be considering the money you know i think as of now most times when somebody gets kicked they get like last place money um for the event that's usually what i think they do something along those lines 
But I think if, you know, if he was a part of Geek Fam and Geek Fam wins it, he should get his he should get his championship. Like I, I think the player that's coming in for them, like I think he should get paid. So if you're gonna swap rosters, you're dividing everyone's paycheck from twenty percent to sixteen percent. You know, yeah. you're all losing a fifth of what you would have won in the event. And I think that most teams will be willing to make that sacrifice if they think that that one fifth is still going to be more than what they would have made with that other player. But then it comes down to an actual decision for these players. You know, there's, there's ups and downs about choosing either direction right now. It feels like, why wouldn't you exactly like you said, like, why wouldn't you, if you think you have a better player or a better option, why wouldn't you kick them? Mm -hmm. There's no reason not to. And I think that that's the problem is there's no deterrent. There's no argument to not do it. And that's that's if they can creatively work around that, I think that's how they fix it. Yeah, it's again, it's it's definitely a topic that can go uh, much deeper uh, in the end and maybe uh, something to talk about or keep uh, keep an eye on for the future to see if it does continue to happen. Because like we said, this isn't the first time it's happened and it certainly will not be the last where a player is uh, ultimately removed after qualifying with said team. Um, and uh, not getting to participate in the event itself. But yeah, making it about a money is, is certainly at least a good start. And no specifics are coming out, but yeah, you would hope that at least in both Skitter's case as well as Ryoya, they're getting their fair share for helping said teams qualify, at least for the events in the end. So, uh, But that, that's just a, kind of a sore subject going into the event. Overall, this minor is certainly uh, an event to, to look forward to. We're getting back into Dota. We're getting back in the swing of things after a new year and uh, the holiday break and everything. And obviously on the new patch, yes, we've had an event, but now it's now it's serious time, I guess you could say. You know, this is DPC points. This is ultimately that TI-10 spot on the line, uh, you know, way down the road and teams uh, competing for that. So that's what we got to look forward to. And that all starts on Thursday. Um, any so one other subject before uh, potentially even wrapping up here in the near future uh, on the Wii Play side of things was uh, anything meta wise that maybe we should expect to see specifically that we learned from the eSports one event or something that you would almost like to see after seeing the eSports one event. And now that we've had a little bit of time, is there something that may pop up, you think, at this event that we didn't see as much? I'll put it that way. Um. My personal opinion is that the carry hero pool is really small. I also think that the offlane hero pool is very fragile. So when you combine, what I mean by that is most offlaners other than pretty much like Doom are very susceptible to just getting dumpstered 3v1, you know, like or even in a 2v2 bad lane or something. Um, so I think what this leads to is this meta even more so than usual requiring you to pick super OP laners that just get what they get um early on in the draft like these tinies pucks trees um you know tree obviously not getting his himself as a support but he like secures one of his teammates the lane um because you need to be able to delay that offlane pick as much as possible or at least guarantee it a decent lane and then the hero pool for carries since it's so small doesn't really benefit you to last pick a carry because by that point, all the good carries are just gone. You know, they're not in the hero pool anymore. So my point is that I'm a little bit concerned that the meta is just going to be even more stale than it already is. Um, and I'm hoping that I'm wrong, but I think that we're going to see Slark Morphling be 80% of the carry. Slark Morphling PL almost every game. We're going to see 
you know, in terms of supports, Venge Tree, like almost every single game, maybe some IOs in there. I think Wyvern's also very good. And then we're going to see the Pucks. We're going to see, um, I think, Underlord's going to make a, a huge appearance. If I had to make one pick about like what hero is going to be okay. seeing a ton of play, it's going to be Underlord. Uh, I think he's really good against everything that's good. And that's, like I said, in my opinion, what teams will do is they'll find heroes that are just really good against the broken heroes. You know, damage reduction against Tiny. You have the root against these Pucks, Slarks, and Morphlings. The damage, like the base stats, all these heroes rely heavily on their base stats to do damage. So, um, yeah, I just, I'm hoping that the meta is not too stale, but I do think that the, the, the broken heroes are on their own tier right now. And I, I'm a little upset that Valve didn't balance based on the one esports tournament. Cause I know it's not a Valve event, but I think it was pretty clear how favored some of these heroes were. And I don't think it's a coincidence. I don't think any of them were a fluke. So sure. One other thing to keep in mind on what you're saying there, too, is that, yes, this is the first DPC event since the patch, especially. But to be fair, it's the minor and, you know, nothing against the teams, obviously. Uh, maybe not as high tier competition as the major, but it's also only eight teams compared to 16. And with the format, it is pretty limiting in the amount of matches that we are going to see. We're going to see many more matches at the major, which is a couple weeks to follow, of course, the DreamHack major right there. So uh, that's something else to keep in mind. This should help be a preview though ideally as far as what to expect ultimately at that major coming up around the corner as well but yeah excited for it again with this new patch and everything i know myself and many others are certainly intrigued to see what the what the what the top players are going to be doing with said strategies uh from from the uh, neutral items themselves to all the objectives and the and what heroes, as you're pointing out there, we're, we're likely to see as well. Underlord is definitely one that I, I am hopeful for as well, and uh, especially if you play in the the idea you, using his ultimate aggressively with that dark rift can be a lot of fun to watch. And so, any global mobility that. I think is going to be really strong. So, sure, Underlord fits that perfectly. Spectre's coming back. No, sorry, <laughs> that hero. That hero's too bad. Like the thing about Spectre is she just takes too many items and like too long to be a hero. Like the IOs the underlords they're so fast in terms of the pace of the game that they're trying to set yeah. so they just buy some team fight items some heal sustain items and they're doing their job specter on the other hand is like the carry that needs time and she's not like a threat until she has that time and i don't think this patch is about like turtling i don't think the tinkers the specters of the world most notably like zeus either like yeah zeus i think is actually kind of situational but most of these heroes that their ideal way of playing the game is by kind of turtling until they come online i don't think those heroes are good right now fair enough all right all starts thursday guys and uh bs day again you're gonna be leaving on a plane even later today so want to thank Ooh. you once again i know not to not to really remind you there but hey like i said hopefully get some good rest on the plane and wake up all of a sudden you're in ukraine and on a ski resort looking forward to <laughs> casting some dota and some awesome outfits. and hitting the slopes hitting the slopes indeed i'm sure they're gonna have you do that like i say you get a couple of days before the event starts as we're just finding out now too so i'm sure some ski time is uh, is of potential for you I'm right ready. there but my body is ready it's good to hear man anything else before you officially wrap up uh nothing majorly from me man i'm i'm excited for this event uh for all the reasons we've talked about i i even if the meta is kind of stale i always love dota in general and being a part of the scene and getting to see up close and analyze these games so i i always look forward to it so i'm looking forward to it once again and uh 
I guess I'll see you guys there at the minor. If not actually there, you know, on the screen or whatever. So, uh, yeah, that's it for me, man. All right. Have fun with the, the WePlay staff there again. They are a group, great group of guys, and I'm sure you are going to enjoy the event and look forward to that production once again myself, as I know many tuning in are. Uh, all right, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to wrap up with the podcast, though, for this week. Like I said, obviously a Sunday podcast special edition uh, with, uh, with the circumstances. Speaking of that, next week may also, we're still trying to figure out uh, maybe Monday, possibly Tuesday, sometime in the week, because obviously with BSJ them returning, that could also affect scheduling there as well. But the uh, point is, we definitely plan to be back next next week for another podcast and continue things going as the season moves along right here. So enjoy the minor. We'll be on next time to, of course, recap the minor and then start previewing that major amongst other topics that uh, happen to come up as well. So shout out to you guys for tuning in. Have a good night day, wherever you are. Enjoy the minor and we will see you next time here on the Wombo Combo podcast. Until then, ladies and gentlemen.